Depression can leave a person feeling lonely, exhausted, and even ashamed. We need tools and support to distinguish normal sadness from the debilitating burden that depression can be. That's why Focus on the Family Canada created a free PDF booklet filled with professional advice, biblical insights, and resource suggestions that address depression. Download your free PDF booklet at focusonthefamily.ca slash depressionpdf. So my, my role in marriage is the forgiveness of Marilyn. Marilyn's role in marriage is forgiveness of Brad. And then we richly enjoy one another despite both being messed up. So make when your spouse does something that annoyed you a trigger to do something nice to you. Mm. That's what Christ did while you were his enemy, while you were sinning. He died for you and said, now go, go love your spouse like that and put me on display. So I'd say the main thing would be put your marriage under the grace of Jesus. Don't respond with withdrawal or consequence. Respond with pursuit and grace. That's Brad Rhodes with a powerful reminder of how the relationship with your spouse is supposed to mirror your relationship with Jesus Christ. Brad and his wife Marilyn are back with us today on Focus on the Family, and your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller. John, we had a great conversation last time with Brad and Marilyn about couples who aren't in a marriage crisis where they need special help, and we're here for you if that's your situation. We have uh, incredible resources, Hope Restored, Intensive Marriage Counseling, along with uh, books and other helps that we are there to provide you with. But we're talking today about that, you know, average marriage where it's just drifted apart a bit. Um, certain things have not been addressed. You're kind of in the business of doing life together and it's dry. That's what we're trying to address today. And if you missed last time, get a copy. There were so many gold nuggets in there, John, as we talked. Um, you know, four, five, six things that both Marilyn and Brad expressed that I thought were really, really good for those of us who are looking to improve our relationship and be all that we can be in God's view when it comes to our marriages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you missed the last episode of this program, you can contact us and get a copy. Our website is focusonthefamily.ca or call 800, the letter A and the word family, to get that and learn more about Hope Restored and other resources we have for your marriage. Oh, and here's the good news. Your marriage doesn't have to end up that way. You don't have to live in that rut. Uh, that's not good for the witness of Christ either because he's created this institution of marriage. There's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And uh, we in the body of Christ need to really uh, concentrate on making our marriages strong so that when the world looks at us, they're saying, man, they have something so different. I want that. Mm -hmm. That would be the right thing. And yeah. man, the conversation we had last time, again, gave us so many ideas to click into. Um, here Focus on the Family, we're here to help you. So as John said, get in touch with us. Uh, last time we described Brad and Marilyn's situation early in their marriage. Marilyn came in with lots of great expectations about how they're going to walk together in the warm afternoon. and. She realized quickly that Brad was about building his law practice and that he had uh, all his attention was drawn in that direction. There wasn't much left for her. Uh, that was the kind of the environment. And then Brad went to a Promise Keepers event. <laughs> Whoever spoke there got a hold of him. Shattered him was the word that he used. And he couldn't wait to get home. Got home at 2 in the morning. Woke up at 5.30 in the morning. Marilyn's out in the garden already. You must be quite a gardener. And uh, there he was to help her and say, it's all going to be different now. I'm here to help you. Beautiful, beautiful transformation. Mm -hmm. We're picking up from that point and talking about the months and the years since then. 
and what has transpired. They have created a ministry called Grace Marriage, and I'm sure they would love for you to tap into them as well. We'll give you those details. Um, This is a wonderful, um, wisdom-filled opportunity for you to know the steps toward a healthier, happier marriage. Uh, Brad and Marilyn, welcome back to Focus on the Family. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I tried to set the stage there, Mm -hmm. John. Good job. um, Let's pick up there. You're doing better. You're engaged. You're helping one another. You're loving each other. You're now doing marriage mentoring at your church and marriage ministry, pre-marriage counseling, correct? Correct. And about 100 couples have now been uh, at that point coming to you. And what happened at that point? We, We had worked with youth for years, and the youth had watched our marriage and said, we want what you guys have. So one asked us to do premarital, then another. Then we started groups. And God, by God's kindness and favor, we had a long waiting list to be in the groups. And then we started getting a lot more involved in reading and educating ourselves in marriage. And just the Lord just caused us to be more and more involved in the marriage. Then in 2012, I talked about the business coaching last episode, I thought, why wouldn't that work in marriage? What if you were as intentional with your marriage as you are with other aspects of life? Could it not come alive? So we did an experiment in 2012, took 10 couples and marriage coaching. Once every 90 days, got together and worked on our marriage. It worked. It grew. Had no clue. But by 2015, I was out of the law practice. Brad, you talked about just being single-focused, compartmentalized like we men can do. we got to build a business, so see you later. And by the way, make sure we're eating, and I'll talk to you emotionally <laughs> maybe on Saturday from 3 to 3.30. And that's kind of it. And we can live in that space. Women cannot. And moving forward, talk to that man who has lived there. He comes away from Promise Keepers. He's not shattered. He's going, okay, I'm a good provider. Shatter him right now. I would say that marriage is supposed to be a reflection of Christ and his church. The Bible starts the marriage, ends with the marriage. People should be impressed with Jesus and impressed with marriage by the way you love your spouse. Scripture says, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave his life up for her. I just challenge guys to put the love, grace, and sacrifice of Jesus on display by the way you treat your wife. And I will tell you, it's worth it. I mean, the, the joy I've received having a close relationship with Marilyn, laughing, traveling, dating, is much greater than any of the things that I did, golfing, basketball leagues, all the stuff I did that I wanted to do. It's true. Relationship is more satisfying. And I've learned that whoever pursues pleasures become poor. And I, I did whatever I wanted to do, and then I put attention into Marilyn. And I tell you, God's way is way better and it doesn't come natural at first. It's, I mean, right now the statistics are staggering about how little one-on-one time couples spend together. Yeah. And as a result, it makes sense why so many fall apart. So if you take care of it now, you'll likely never birth into crisis. If yeah. somebody told you there's a 50% chance you're going to die of something, but if you do this, you probably won't die, you do it. Statistics shows a 40 to 50% chance your marriage will end. But they also show if you'll invest and you'll spend time and you'll do things with your spouse and you'll engage with her 90 days in coaching together, it's likely never to happen. And as an attorney, I have seen the wreckage of divorce, mm. the, the pain, the sadness, the bitterness, the anger, the complications that last for an entire lifetime. And if you do things now to avoid that, I can assure you you won't regret it. Yeah. That's so well said. You speak about a couple that you encountered. I think you counseled them where – 
you saw this incredible transformation. Um, I think the wife was in an affair. And describe what was going on there, because again, many people will identify with aspects of this story. Well, I've got teenage daughters, and there was a couple I'd worked with that had teenage daughters, and they were getting ready to divorce and going through a really difficult time. Long period of stagnancy, led to crisis, and it just ate my lunch because I just thought of my daughters and their struggles and what it's going to be like for them, traveling back and forth between parents, and they're having trouble already. And just um, basically, I played the tape forward and said, look, let me tell you what divorce looks like. Let me tell you what step-parents told him what it's going to look like when another guy's tucking your kids in while you're away from them 12 out of 14 days. What it's going to look like traveling back and forth. What child support looks like. What the complications of it look like. And we played the tape forward and painted what the future looked like. Mm. So I can be a little prophetic for you because I've watched so many people go through it. And that wasn't appealing to them. And then they made the decision when God moved in their heart, we're going to restore our marriage and we're going to make it right. And they made the decisions they needed to make. And I'll never forget, I got a call like months later, the number popped up and scared me. And so just wanted to tell you, I forgot to thank you. And they were doing wonderful. It's just every time I see them together on Facebook in different places, it just warms my heart. Yeah, I mean, and that's the true life story. That's what you want to see happen. Not the mistakes, obviously, those things. When they occur, they can rip a family apart. But the idea that we're going to get this back under God's authority and we're going to do the right thing. I applaud that couple. All right, let, let's talk about the trip you took. So you, you planned, I don't know where this came about in the garden, maybe it started at 5.30 in the morning there. <laughs> it was the woman's know. fault. It sounds <laughs> like a 5.30 in the morning idea. But uh, what was it, and what were you thinking you were going to accomplish with this massive uh, nationwide trip? Well, the catalyst was he came home from a mission trip, and we've been working in marriage ministry for a number of years, and it was growing and taking more time, and our passion was there. And he said, I feel like we just we need to do this full time. And so that started him transitioning out of practicing law into grace marriage ministry. And while we were talking about this transition, our, our children are 16 down to four at this point. And I thought, when would we ever have an opportunity where you're transitioning from one thing to another, where we could take time, he could work from the road, but we could travel as a family. So this idea... I, I believe it was from God, <laughs> birthed in my mind, and I started sharing with Brad, let's do this, let's do this, why couldn't we do this? We could go January until summer, take the kids out of school, just homeschool for six months, see the United States, you can visit with churches, and our kids are going to be gone before we know it, and right now they are. Our oldest is getting ready to leave for college, and so I thought this is an opportunity as for us to have time as a family together. So that's what birthed the idea. And then it kept growing in my mind. And we can visit all these national parks and hike and camp. And anyway, I was the only one on board for a very long time. Is that right? Yeah. You thought it was kids, a great idea. I did. My three youngest thought it was a great idea. My two oldest that were in high school, 116, we kind of had to take them against their will, hold them hostage. That's a hard time. I mean, yeah. all the friendships are <laughs> yes. building and the independence is coming. Yes, and, yes. And but I you t- did it. Yes, I told them, I said, you won't remember the winter of your freshman and sophomore year, but if we do this, you won't forget this trip. So. Well, that's good. So tell me about it. What happened? <laughs> well, I said no. I'm like, <laughs> I said, like, you know, there's no place that you're going to start something brand new, and the first step you're going to do is leave for six months. Right. So a friend of mine said, well, hold her off and see if it passes. <laughs> 
Hold her off. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a great Western <laughs> movie. There. Her quote yeah. was. That's John look, Wayne. Her quote was, I've always supported your dreams. Time to get on board with mine. Oh. <laughs> I didn't say it just oh, like wow. that. Oh, wow. But, just, yeah. but, but that I was did, good. But I yeah. did say, you know. It's, it, I'm not I okay really not doing it. I really had this dream. I did say I'm not okay not doing it. I was on my way to Louisville for a legal seminar, and I remember thinking, why are you resisting this? Yeah. You had to spend six months with your kids. So then my mind started racing. We can meet with churches all over the country. Grace Marriage can get pockets all over the place. And so I got all excited about what it, what it could mean from a work standpoint, ministry standpoint. And then I talked to my board, and they said, no Grace Marriage while you're gone, or you'll have no board when you return. Wow. They said, well, if you're going to do marriage the rest of your life, we want to see how you do just as a husband and father for six months. View yourself as Maryland's homeschool assistant. <laughs> so, so your ministry board said you can't talk to churches while you're on the road. No, Doug, me- no meetings, no deadlines. This is Brad's big vision for what it's going to look like. Yeah, let's turn it and into they're a saying trip. no. Yeah, and I said, Marilyn said I think he feels like you've killed his baby. They said no, we've delayed the delivery, so it'll be a healthy one. This focus on the family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Do you love to connect with donors? Are you interested in overseeing a portfolio of donors and connecting them with the impact their support is having? Named one of the best Christian workplaces in Canada, Focus on the Family Canada is looking for a full-time donor cultivation specialist to join our dynamic team in Langley, BC. If you or someone you know feels called to serve families while growing in their skills, explore current job openings today at focusonthefamily.ca slash employment. Are you facing challenges as you raise your kids? Have questions about conflict in marriage? For generations, Focus on the Family Canada has been giving trusted guidance to nearly any topic families are facing, and it's all available on our free app. Explore a huge library of broadcasts from well-known speakers who cover everything from growing in your faith to dealing with mental health challenges. Search for Focus on the Family Canada in your app store and start exploring all the resources available to you for free. This is the sound of the staff here at Focus on the Family Canada every weekday morning at 9 a.m. Petitioning God for those with crisis in their marriage, for those who want to become better parents, and those who are lifting up loved ones to the hope that one day they will know the salvation that Christ has to offer. We'd love to hear from you too. Call us today with your prayer requests at 1-800-A-FAMILY or email us at prayer at FOTF.ca. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. So let's, I'm into the trip because I'm a camper. I love it. So you get going. I mean, were there disasters? A many. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) What happened? Six months on the road. You name it. It happened. Oh, I mean, from ERs in LA to broken foot to you name it. We we. So describe it. I mean, where'd you end up? What are some of the national parks you went to, and what oh, was it like? It was amazing. It was difficult, and there were days if you could have been a fly on the wall, you would have been highly entertained, because with five kids in a van, seven <laughs> of us traveling, how many thousand miles? Twenty two thousand eight hundred ninety five. What did you learn as a family from doing that? I mean, it's the fun stuff, but spiritually, what took place? If we had your kids here and we're asking them this question, what would you all say about the spiritual development of your family in those in that six months? 
I fell in love with my kids. Uh, the, the first month, I have to admit, was rough because I was I'm used to like so intense. Oh, Ellen, I'm used to people being in the lobby, me calling back for an appointment for thirty minutes. I'm not used to being in a van with seven people all the time. <laughs> I'm not used to making the kids nicknamed me Fami, Father Mommy, Father Mommy, because I'm now helping with lunch, helping with doing a lot of things I never done. I remember January thirty first on the back porch in Marathon, Texas. Literally, I feel like I was going to lose my mind, and I thought in two months I'll be halfway done. <laughs> In two months. That's my vivid thought. But then in February, I settled in and literally cried as we pulled back in because I realized I'll never have this again. I mean, every meal, all seven of us, every day I'm running with two beautiful teenage daughters. I'm I'm running with them. They're not with their team. They're not with their friends. They're with me. Yeah. And it was just, just the unique characteristics, watching my son go crazy at NBA games. And it was just, oh, it was it was rich. How about for the two of you in your marriage? What what helpful uh, experience was it in that regard for your own marriage? It it was challenging to find time. We still would do dates. We would leave the kids and camp. pull away at, at a camp, <laughs> even at a camp, or you know, when we're staying in a small house we had rented, we would take time. We would just you have to so intentionally take that time because it was extra difficult when you're together like that for six months to find time to pull away the two of us. So we just would, and our kids know, and we just that that's a priority and we're going to make that happen. What we learn is you can never put marriage on hold. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're in crisis in your family. I don't care if you're on a trip. You have to make space for your marriage because if you don't take care of something, it gets stagnant, vulnerable, and often killed. Yeah. That idea of a, ki- a child-centric home, let's uh, plan ourselves there for a moment because I think a lot of us make the mistake because we're trying to do the right thing uh, in following the Lord and making sure our kids are raised in the admonition of the Lord. That takes a lot of parenting, especially in today's environment with uh, you know social media and all those things. You, the parent has to be diligent and you have to be engaged to the point where it does take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So how do you not make your home a, a child-centric home so that the marriage flounders? It's a daily fight. Mm-hmm. And we have to fight that, and that's one thing that's so good about the coaching and us talking weekly because we have to prioritize our marriage because our kids, with five of them, and we have said each of you can do one sport. We only do one sport at a time. But if you have five kids five and they're sports. each doing one sport, <laughs> it's crazy. it'll still – it's just – it is so – challenging, especially with the media and out loud and how everybody lives, I think there are unrealistic expectations on us as parents and what we need to do in parenting our kids. And in the sake of being good parents, we're actually doing our children disservice if we make them the center of everything. Well, and as you just described that, that's what I was thinking when the kids observe in you the fact that you're on this six-month camping trip, which I, I would love to do. But they see you saying, we need time for just mommy and daddy, and you go and make that time, and the older kids, you know, 14, 15, 16, they're, they're in charge. That's all good stuff. Mm-hmm. And A, they're seeing what it means to take care of a marriage. You're modeling that. And B, they're going to be okay. It's okay to let them That's kind right. of, uh, you know, think, oh, what do I do now? How do, I'm in charge. What do I do? <laughs> and, and right now, it's interesting because couples will go away numerous weekends for youth sports and other things, and you say, we don't have time for six hours every 90 days to work on our marriage. I mean, if you look at the amount of time, I tell mm. them, if I could just spend 10% of the time together you do with your kids' sports, you thrive. Yeah, think of that. You just think of that. And when people start flipping their mentality toward an investment mentality in marriage and really enjoying their marriage and realize they have the freedom to do that, and they don't have to be conformed to the patterns of the world where everything revolves around their kids, which is both a disservice to them and their children. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. You know, right in the last few minutes, let's just give some bottom line advice uh, to couples to help their marriages. Um, You tell husbands and wives that they need to spend more time having fun and doing these things. A lot of couples, practically speaking, they may not be able to get away for six months and do a great grand camping trip. But what are some bottom line helps that you would recommend that you would give in your seminars with Grace Marriage? The number one thing would be build your marriage on the grace of Jesus. Uh, Neither one of us handle struggles real well. Uh, She gets down. I get stressed. But Scripture says, sin will have no dominion, master, control over you because you're under grace, not law. So my, my role in marriage is forgiveness of Marilyn. Marilyn's role in marriage is forgiveness of Brad. And then we richly enjoy one another despite both being messed up. So make when your spouse does something that annoyed you a trigger to do something nice to you. Hmm. Because that's what Christ did. While you were his enemy, while you were sinning, he died for you. And said, now go, go love your spouse like that and put me on display. So I'd say the main thing would be put your marriage under the grace of Jesus. Don't respond with withdrawal or consequence. Withdrawing with pursuit and grace. That is so good. Marilyn, from a woman's perspective, any practical advice for that wife? That's what he just said. What we talk about is just the foundation of a grace-based marriage rather than a works-based mm. because our, our world teaches us, if you do for me, then I'll do for you. It's a works-based mentality. I think lots of – so that every time we come together with couples every 90 days, we're reminding them that your your hope is in Christ and it's the extension of grace to your spouse. And people leave freed and energized to love well rather than there's this list of things I've got to do if I'm going to be a good wife or this list of things i got to do to be a good husband. We talk about the extension of grace plus being intentional. The date night, other than our relationship with the Lord, one of the best things we've done over the past 22 years is we go on a date every week. And it is a battle to make that happen. I mean, with our kids and all the things going on, but we make it a priority. And that's one of the best things we do. And I even tell people a bad date is better than no date because you're still (laughs) spending time together. They're not all going to be great dates. They're not all going to be, but you're, you're connecting. Yeah. I want to remind our listeners about the bottom line of what we've been sharing both last time and today, because it's the little things that are going to kill your relationship. Um, Very few marriages have a blowout that comes out of nowhere. It's more likely the result of years of little annoyances that are building up where you eventually just turn away from each other and basic selfishness eventually destroys a marriage, a slow leak is probably an apt description for what I'm talking about. If you're feeling like your marriage is headed in the wrong direction, maybe it's not a crisis yet, but you're seeing those signs of drifting, I urge you to contact us today. Don't wait. Here at Focus on the Family, we want to help you. We want to rescue hurting couples and strengthen those relationships that may be slipping just a bit or maybe a lot. That's why we have our counseling team, our websites, and our Hope Restored Marriage Intensives, uh, where we provide in-depth counseling over several days for those relationships that are truly on the brink of divorce. Don't put it off. Get the help you need. You're not going to surprise us with what you're going through. We've been doing this for 40 years. Call us or visit our website. We want to help your marriage thrive in Christ. And our phone number is 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459. You can find help and information at focusonthefamily.ca. Marilyn, we're winding down, but I do want to ask you this last question. It's been on my heart for a while. 
and you know both through experience but observation of other couples i i I don't mean to offend anyone but in this regard kind of the curse of eve the daughters of eve if i can steal that from c.s lewis this idea of fear and control um i think wives mothers grapple with that so much and you talked about you know the very behavior that you want out of your husband or your children for that matter it's not wrong in and of itself you want to call them to a higher standard i get that but that daughter of eve that fear and control so many women the more fear that they are experiencing it's like the more control she wants to exert in her husband in her children and you end up creating in that marital relationship or in that parenting situation the very child or the very spouse you don't want because that fear and control drives them away sure Hmm. sure in marriage and in parenting i think we do we and i think too as that daughter of eve we struggle with um feeling accused more than men as well that's true talk about that that i I feel like I'm not enough, like I'm not being a good enough wife. I'm not being a good enough mother. I'm not being a good enough friend. And you live with this, you know, Brad and I have talked about this and we talked with other couples. I think that's a special part of, of yeah. the curse as well yeah. that we endure. And you just have to surrender it all to the Lord yeah. and your kids. I mean, we, we've had health issues with our kids. We've walked through some really scary things and it does, it makes you want to. And I even find myself now as a daughter getting ready to leave for college, I think, I've got to tell her all these things right now because she's going to be gone. But that's the worst thing I can do. And I have a sweet, gentle husband that'll help remind me. But we do in that fear and that desire to control, we do the exact opposite well, and with our kids. So it's so important to, to remember that. I mean, and, and as they get older, we learn the hard way we're not in control. Yeah, one way we're or another. Because the irony is that's what God is then going to teach you. That's right. And that praise, you're not praise in God we're not in control. Because <laughs> if I were, it really, it, it doesn't turn out pretty. But yeah. he is. And when we truly rest in that, we can have peace. And that's what you've experienced. That's why I wanted to ask that question. Because right from the get-go, last time and through uh, today, that's what I hear in what you're saying specifically as a woman, mm-hmm. that I learned quickly to bury my bar of expectation, that I understood I, I get this from my relationship with the Lord. Brad's not going to meet all the needs inside. And I, I think that right there would do so much for marriages to help them. And, of course, Brad, your wonderful testimony, having a tender heart toward your wife, that, that convicts all of us as men because we so often overlook it. So this has been great. Thank you for being vulnerable again and just laying it out there for us to learn from. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Appreciate you having us. Hmm. What a wonderful conclusion to our two-day conversation with Brad and Marilyn Rhodes, the co-founders of Grace Marriage. And we'll have more information about them and that ministry at our website, along with additional resources to strengthen your marriage. One example would be our free marriage assessment, which is easy for you and your spouse to fill out. Uh, It'll help you discover what's working well in your relationship, and uh, maybe you'll find some areas where you can uh, improve a bit. We also have a great book written by two of our colleagues here at Focus, Dr. Greg Smalley and Dr. Bob Paul. It's called Nine Lies That Will Destroy Your Marriage. And in this book, the authors offer godly truths to replace those lies and encouraging couples and offering hope to those who are struggling. 
It's a terrific resource. Get it directly from Focus on the Family Canada. When you do that, the proceeds go right back into strengthening marriages across the world and so much more to support families. So please be generous in your support of Focus Canada today. Donate and get these resources at focusonthefamily.ca or call 800, the letter A and the word family, 800-232-6459. And coming up tomorrow, the incredible story of how one Jewish woman came to believe in Jesus. You know, I'd never read the Bible before in my life, and I started reading about Jesus. And then I learned that Jesus was a Jew just like me. And it all started to fit together just like a puzzle. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ.